and welcome to this edition of the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. I'm Mark Simon. On today's show, we're going to suggest you take a break from watching the baseball postseason. How about going outside while the weather's still good and playing a game of catch? Now that you're back and in the mood, we're joined by Ethan Bryan, the author of A Year of Playing Catch, What a Simple Daily Experiment Taught Me About Life. It's published by Zandervan Books. I just read it. It's awesome. I highly recommend it. It's a short read. It's a fun read. Uh, It's a very uplifting read. Ethan, welcome. Uh, First of all, introduce us to who you are. I know that your family is very important to this project, so tell us about them and tell us about where you're talking to us from. My name's Ethan. I'm from Springfield, Missouri. I'm a stay-at-home dad, an author, uh, Royals-obsessed person who uh, for the last six months has been taking his dog for two walks a day. Tell us about how this project came to be. It, it, really, it was not planned. It was just kind of a grassroots thing that just happened. For, for Christmas of 2017, my youngest daughter gave me a baseball. It just said, Dad, want to play catch on it. And so it was New Year's Day, 2018, and you're kind of in that post-holiday blues. And I saw the ball sitting on my desk. And I said, hey, uh, I just yelled out to her. She was in the other room. I think she was painting. I said, Sophie, you want to go play catch? And there was just kind of that silence. And she's like, outside, what well, was one degree? Sun was shining. It was beautiful. It was just cold. And I was like, yeah, sure, outside. And then there's that pause again. She's at a, at a baseball field. Sure, I can find a baseball field. And, and then it was just quiet for a second. And, and she said, okay. And that, that her yes is what literally kicked off the whole project. And so we went and played catch. And for some reason, I took a selfie. And I posted it on, on an old blog that I, I used maybe two or three times a month. And I, I really think my mom and my sister were the only people that read that blog. And, and that, that same afternoon, January 1st, my oldest daughter said, well, I'll play catch with you. And we stepped out in the backyard. And so on January 1st, 2018, I threw a ball more than I had for months. I mean, just in the, the 50 throws we did, to, 55 throws we did between the two games. Um, and it was so cold. And, and that's literally what kicked it off that night at dinner table. Like, Dad, what would happen if you played catch every day for a whole year? Like, oh, I know what would happen. I'd need surgery. And, and they, they, you know, we laughed and joked about it. And they were really the ones that kind of prodded me and encouraged me to, to try it and see what would happen. Playing catch is certainly fundamental to the kinds of things that we track here at Sports Info Solutions with all the different defensive metrics that we have. So it's cool to talk to someone who is a uh, playing catch uh, aficionado. So were there rules? Were there certain things that, that were in place for each of the 365 days? Did a certain number of tosses equal one game? How did it work? Uh, the, the basic rule uh, was 25 throws, 25, 30 throws. The underlying rule was, oh, let's pray that no one gets hurt. Um, and, and then and then working in the comfort zone of the catch partner. So there were several times I played catch with someone who had never put on the glove before. And that blew my mind. I couldn't, I couldn't expect that. And so, you know, first they wanted to put the glove on their throwing hand. I was like, well, no, you, you put it on your other hand and it's not. And so we'd start off close and start with underhand. I said, we're going to work at your speed, but, but by the time we're going to, we're going to spread out. So by the time you're done, we're going to be 40 feet away and you're going to be throwing overhand and, and you're going to feel good about it and then you'll be comfortable. And, and, you know, you see that, that, uh, that trepidation, that, that kind of, are you sure you know what you're doing? I was like, and, and so by, by the end of the year, I was getting pretty good at saying, I'm going to put it right on their left shoulder. So all you do is hold the glove here and this is going to come right to you. There were only two real accidents in the year. They were both my faults. But, but uh, so, so it was basically 25 throws. Let's have fun. 
That's cool. Um, we actually uh, we talked to Brian Hayes uh, a couple of uh, a year or so ago, the pirate uh, third baseman now, and he told us growing up, uh, you were talking about throwing to the shoulder. Uh, they used to have to play in Little League, uh, throw to the Superman S on the chest. Person was wearing a T-shirt, and that was uh, that kind of game of catch prepared him for playing uh, third base in the major leagues. All right, let's talk athleticism. Are you Alex Gordon? Are you Adalberto Mondesi? Are you Sal Perez? Who are you in terms of your? Uh, give us a scouting report on Ethan Bryan, catch player. Ethan Bryan, catch player, has a body that has been significantly compromised. I've got a surgically repaired ankle. I had a ACL surgery on my other leg. Uh, and, and so I'm not the athlete I was a few decades ago. I, I would say that my um, my highest scouting report, my, my closest to 80, my 75-ish, <laughs> is um, is enthusiasm. <laughs> uh, as far as as far as skills, at the end of the year, one of my friends is a bird dog scout in Tulsa, and he happened to be in town, and he he brought his radar. It was like the second week of January 2019. He's like, well, let's see how hard you throw. And I was like, my arm's got nothing. I, I got it up to 71. So uh, I was pretty happy with that. And it was a, it was like 15 degrees outside. So with, with very little stretching and warm-up, I broke 70. So I was pretty proud about that. That's impressive. So I, I, would, I would grade myself just a solid 50 across the board on everything. <laughs> very, right, very uh, average. I want to go back to your Royals fandom. Who are your favorite Royals players of all time? Well, we're going to start current. We're going to go to Alex Gordon, who just retired. Uh, I've been he he was literally one of the the characters in my first book. You got Alex Gordon and, and recent days Salvi and Lorenzo Cain. Moving back to to childhood, Kevin Seitzer, Dan Quisenberry, Frank White. My the very first story that I was paid to publish was a, a game of catch with Frank White, and that was pretty cool. And, oh, you got to tell us what that was like. It just so happened, I said it out loud in a coffee shop, and the coffee shop owner knew his daughter. And so they kind of set it up for me. And I kind of said it uh, said it as like one of those bucket list things. Well, you know, growing up, I really I played second base. I really liked watching Frank White. It'd be really cool to play catch with him. Well, at that point, so it, it would have been about 2010-ish or so, I maybe played catch two or three times a year at a tailgate. Uh, I didn't play softball because I really didn't like softball. And so we get there and uh, he is gracious and and kind and generous. And he is throwing it right on the Superman logo. And I do my first throw and I think my elbow just went sideways. I was like, oh, that felt horrible. (laughs) Never again. (laughs) And and my throws were awful and my wrists and my my whole body hurt. And, and he's like, you did really good. I was like, <laughs> no, no, I didn't. That was horrible. But, but it, was a, it was a really good experience. All right, getting back to the 365 days, what were some of the big challenges that you ran into? About uh, five, six years ago, Weather Channel did a study on cities with the greatest weather variance. And Springfield, Missouri was number one <laughs> in the nation on greatest weather variety. So weather was always, always a factor. We did at the coldest day uh, for, stat, for my stats friends, negative 15 wind chill. That was brutal. We did it outside in the snow and the ice. 
uh, I had triple digit heat index for like May, June, and July. It was it just followed us. It was everywhere. Um, one interesting thing we did a we did a road trip through the Midwest, and we we hit record highs in Kansas City, in Omaha, in Sioux Falls, and and then we go from Sioux Falls and we cross Iowa and we're making our way to Chicago, and the temperature dropped 50 degrees by the time we got to Chicago. We go out to to Navy Pier and it was so cold, so cold, so windy. I mean, my hat was blowing off and. I was like, they, they closed the Ferris wheel. It was just too windy, too brisk. And um, so weather was one of the biggest challenges. What well, was I, it like getting your family to go along with uh, your, your road trip to do this? <laughs> so I, I worried that I would burn them out. I worried that I would frustrate them, uh, that I would annoy them, and that it would be like a point of division in the family. And really, it became a great adventure that we lived together. And so um, several times they would warm me up before I'd play catch with a partner. And, and so they're kind of, my daughters are always in the background. They're always like, all right, hey, I'll, well, if we're waiting on this person, I'll throw the ball with you a couple of times so you can be good and ready. But, but you know, playing, playing catch doesn't have to take a long time. Most games, I'd say average, the average time is probably 15, 20 minutes. But there were some that lasted, you know, 45 minutes, an hour. Um, and so, so that takes an hour. But then you've got the rest of the day. So we would make the, the playing catch a priority and spending quality time with that person so they didn't feel rushed. But then we have the rest of the time to, to go do what, what we want to do and, and make new memories in new places that we never would have been if I hadn't been obsessed with finding new friends to play catch with. <laughs> what was the most uh, unusual game of catch that you had? Well, there was uh, one day late in the year um, I was I was scheduled to play catch with uh, the fire chief of Springfield. He and I grew up going to school together, and we'd been trying to coordinate schedules. And the one day we were to play catch, it was absolutely pouring. I mean, just pouring. And so we were in downtown Springfield, and there's a bank that has a, a drive-through lane that is completely covered. And so I played catch with Springfield's police chief in a bank drive-through lane. <laughs> and, and there's a... Uh, there's a mural that has Tom Hanks on on the on the, on the, the drive-through because why wouldn't Tom Hanks be on a bank drive-through? And and we spread out, you know, it, it's got a big arched ceiling. We probably spread out about 40 feet, and, he, and he's in all of his uh, firefighter regalia, and, and I'm just there in jeans and a hoodie. And he's like, "Thanks, this was a lot of fun." And I was like, it's raining and cold and we're in a bank drive-thru. <laughs> but it was, it was good. That's pretty cool that in a manner of, of speaking, you can say that Tom Hanks got to watch one of your uh, <laughs> yeah. games of catch. There are a number of, of inspirational stories in the book, A Year of Playing Catch, uh, Ethan's book. Can you, can you give us uh, a snapshot of one or two that are, are particular favorites of yours? Well, one that it just, it just so happened that that year, uh, the National Pro uh, fast pitch league came to Springfield for um, to demo teams who might be trying out for the 2020 Olympics. And so the Australian team came and the Beijing Eagles came. And one of the, one of the ways I found catch partners was just social media, Twitter, Facebook, email, send out messages. I, I one stat I did not keep was how many rejections I received, but I guarantee you it was over a thousand easy. I mean, easy. And so I sent an email to the, the commissioner of the league, Sherry, 
and said, hey, you're going to be 10 minutes from my house. Is there any way I can connect with the players? And they connected me uh, with players from each team. And, and one player, I got to play catch with the youngest player on the Beijing Eagles. Her name is Chai Nan. But to her, to her fans in America, she just went by Little Bear. And she's easily two, three inches taller than me. She would have been uh, 17, 18 at the time. And so she spoke no English. And so we communicated through a translator and we're, we're in uh, right field at the, at the ballpark where now I'm playing baseball games and we spread out and she has already warmed up. I didn't realize she has already warmed up, uh, done her, her drills for the day or whatever. And I get out there and I'm just positioned, just kind of stretching as we throw. And I literally heard her first throw. I mean, it just came in, you just hear whoosh, and then just bam, right into the glove. And I was like, Oh boy. Okay. Here we go. Let's get ready for this. And this is good. And, and, and just like you see uh, pitcher catcher battery, just communicating with glove flips. Well, the glove flips were international. And so we're doing fastball curveball, And I held up a knuckleball and went like this and a softball really does not fit well in my hand. So I, I tried to, to stretch out my fingers and throw it and it was pretty decent. I mean, she gave me a thumbs up. So I was pretty, and then she throws one and it just wiggles on its way to me. I was like, <laughs> I got nothing on you. So that one is, is really memorable. It's the only one all year I couldn't communicate directly with, with the partner. It's a universal language catch. Uh, there are no biases uh, when it comes to catch. Just about anyone can play it. All right. So with that, you got to play catch uh, with a former major leaguer or two, uh, including uh, one who was an octogenarian. Uh, so yes. tell us about Bill Verdon. Bill Verdon is so neat. And he's so humble and he's so honorary. And uh, he and I have been friends now for, for a couple of years, uh, just listening to his stories and everything. I mean, he, his uh, 1980s Astros were just breaths away from playing my Royals in the World Series. And so we tease each other about that, that kind of stuff. And so it was uh, spring training had just started. And it was the first time he had missed spring training in decades. And so we stepped out in his backyard. And we, we walk into his backyard and he's just kind of flipping the ball into his glove. And he said, here you go. And he, he tosses it up into the air. I mean, he's an outfield coach, all right? Well, I play outfield. I know how to use the body. I know how to use the glove to block the sun. That ball was perfectly centered in the body of the sun. And I, I just lost it. I never <laughs> saw it. I'm like, okay, it's here. It's here. And finally, at the last second, I just kind of ducked and covered and it dropped right in front of me. He said, oh, uh, I'm sorry about that. I didn't realize that the sun was right there. And I was like, oh, I, I thought you were just testing me. Oh, I'm going to test you all right here. You scoot back. Well, well he's, he's mid-80s, you know, and I'm, I'm a little bit – I, I want to make sure no one gets hurt. Probably, directive number one, no one gets hurt. And so we're probably about 30 feet away. He says, keep going, keep going. Okay, okay. Keep going, keep – all right, I, I'm – I'm now at the limits of how comfortable I, I want to be throwing the ball to you. And he just looks at me and he says, hey, you better put some zip on it. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> put some zip on it. Here we go. Did, did you throw 71 to an 80-year-old 80, 80 man? No, no. <laughs> but but it, it was not locked. It was, there was some zip on it. And he, and to this day, uh, we run into each other, baseball events all across town. And he'll look at me and says, are you here causing trouble? Are you here coming to find somebody to play catch? And, and he's just, uh, he and his wife has been so so good to me and my family. You wrote a poem about him. Uh, would you like to read it? Oh, uh, absolutely. 
and it, this this came from a conversation with him and i was just asking what what has he learned what is his advice to rookie players and this this was just just how he how he spoke the, the conversation i was fortunate to do something i really love to do be grateful for every opportunity to play ball play the game the right way always play hard and hustle always be honest and fair always be friendly and respectful to your teammates to the other team and to umpires always remember people are watching you you are an example to someone always and love really love this game while you play oh one more thing practice your swing using a pipe i did it in the off season probably the smartest thing i ever did as a player <laughs> he told me that and i was like wait what and he he lived on a farm he worked on a farm in the off season he'd go and he had a about a 40 inch pipe and, and so i went to the hardware store and i picked up a pipe and i was like well this is heavy <laughs> <laughs> all right at sports info solutions one thing that we do is we we track uh, what amount to games of catch and we can tell you who has the best arm or who's the most accurate thrower and we'll get into that a little bit here who had the best arm of the people that you played with i played catch with uh jim morris who inspired the rookie and he's a little he's a little bit older than me. He's probably five, six um, years older than me. Uh, and we actually were able to play in grass outside Kauffman Stadium. And uh, he was still throwing hard. Um, I played catch with several guys who really had good live arms. There's a, a local baseball league here in Springfield. And I played catch with 15, 15 or so guys from that league. And, and they had good arms. Um, another one, Simone Wern. She is the only female in Australia's National Baseball Hall of Fame, and she was a pitcher, and she's won just a laundry list of awards for her pitch, and she has has a good arm. So I would say several. Uh, one of my good friends, Aaron, he was a pitcher in college, and he coached, and he still got just a – there are a lot of people that, that could throw harder than my 71. Who was the most accurate? So I've been thinking about this because there was a day that me, me and my catch partners, we stood on first and third base. And the goal was to throw within the torso, uh, between above the hips, below the shoulders. And we did it to where each of us probably had 30, 40 throws uh, just right there. And we're really – so I was thinking about that. But then I remember there was a day in late November, I was playing catch with two sets of brothers who were cousins, um, Asher – and Jaden and Gabe and Landon. And we were in this, this culvert. That's probably about the size this, this drainage ditch. It's probably about the size of a, a major league infield. And Springfield had a wind advisory that day, about uh, 30, 40 mile an hour gusty winds. And so nothing you threw was straight. Everything had, had movement. And what was really neat was it took us a few minutes to figure out how can I throw the ball to that person? But by the end, we were throwing the ball hard and accurately. And so I, I would say those two pairs of brothers, the way we endured through that win, they were, they were, they, I would put them at the top of the list. So they were your, um, the major league equivalents are Kyle Seeger of the Mariners, third baseman, nice. terrific arm. He has the highest uh, accuracy rating. If you go back a number of years, uh, just about year, year over year, he's almost always number one among third basemen. And then shortstops, there's a couple of guys, Nick Ahmed, Miguel Rojas, Jordy Mercer, uh, that have ranked at or near the top list three, four years uh, in our baseball tracking. Another thing I was thinking about, 
length. Yankees and Indians played four hours and 15 minutes in the playoffs uh, a week ago at the time that you would have, that you would hear this interview. Uh, tell us about the longest game of catch that you played. During the year, the longest game of catch I played was an hour. I had, I had two different games that, that lasted about an hour in length, and, and they were – one of them is actually recorded in the book uh, with my friend Aaron. He came to town and asked to have a therapy game of catch, and, and his, uh, his grandmother had just passed away. And so we spread out on this field, and we just started throwing and telling stories about, about grandmas. And, and by the time I – mean, we were at one, finally just drenched in sweat. And we looked down like, we have been out here for 60 minutes throwing the ball literally nonstop the entire time. So that, that was one that really stood out. Recently, this spring, uh, I did a fundraiser on behalf of the Boys and Girls Club here in Springfield. And using 13 different catch partners, I threw a ball for 200 minutes. And so that was, uh, that was a challenge. It was, it was the next day I was sore and swollen. But it was really cool to, to be able to say, you know, that's 200 minutes. That 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 passes a majority <laughs> of, of major league games. Can, can I give you a challenge? I had one that I thought of that I thought would be for, that would make for a cool way to do it. 88 people standing 60 feet apart each in a straight line. That would be a one mile game of catch with one person tossing it to the next. I like this. He's writing it down. That's, um, I did something similar. Okay. And, in the uh, on opening day 2016, the Royals oh, they were actually hosting the Mets, who had to be just the biggest fluke of scheduling ever. But they were in the process of starting their uh, Urban Youth Academy. And I got to play catch there. It is just this phenomenal building to to reconnect to the urban the, the urban core to the game. And they had a game of catch that lasted from went from downtown Kansas City all the way to the K using one ball. That's it. I got, yep. I got to be in, involved with that. And what was really neat was, you know, I literally you throw the ball once and I threw it, uh, I don't know, 20, 25 feet. And, and literally as the ball is coming closer to me, you see it, you know, it's got cameras and people following it to secure it all along the way. It's probably about 30 seconds from me. And all of a sudden I feel this tap on my shoulder and my catch partner who I was throwing it to is probably about 10, 12. And he said, just throw it good, okay? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, no pressure. I was, I was not expecting that. And, and so that was really neat to be a part of that. And I got to, uh, I got to meet George Brett right after that. So that was, that was really neat. That's awesome. And he certainly would be a good game of catch player. I want to reward people that have listened uh, all the way through. I've got a list of some famous games of catch in Major League history. And I was thinking about that as a topic but I want to ask you first before I say the ones that I was going to say. Uh, so give us a, a famous game or two of catch that you wish you could have seen in Major League history. Well, I'm really curious about your list yep. because I, I am – well, one, I want to say thank you for giving me time to process and think about this question. Sure. It's brilliant. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I started thinking, you know, you know Jackie Robinson or, or very, very – which way to go? And it finally hit me. In uh, September 1974, Tommy John had surgery, and I would have been one month old at the time. And the very first person he played catch with after surgery was his wife. Um, and and there's no there's no process there's no no they're just learning as they go, you know. And so it, it takes him 
I think uh, 76 is when he finally returns. He's, he's off for all 75 season, finally returns. Uh, and, and the first game, his, his first professional, professional game of catch uh, would have been with Steve Yeager. Uh, he ended up pitching five innings in that game. Uh, he got the loss, allowed three runs. But that 76 season, I started looking at his stats. He went 10 and 10, had a three-point ERA, threw 200 innings, Yep. Six complete games, which no one's going to um, – his first full season – so the one that I think has had ripple effects for the game is the game of catch with his wife, game of catch with Steve Yeager, where he shows, all right, this is something we can come back from. Very and nice. I want to hear your list. That's, that's great. Well, you mentioned Jackie Robinson, and I was just thinking about April fifteenth, 1947, the first game. Uh, you would imagine that there was a pregame warm-up, him, Pee Wee Reese – uh, and the the other uh, Dodgers players, so I think that that would be uh, that one would certainly be number one on the list. Number two, Mariano Rivera and Ramiro Mendoza playing catch in the outfield when Mariano Rivera he discovered his best fastball. That would be another. Um, Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo in 2016, Game Seven of the World Series. You have the final <laughs> throw to first base from Chris Bryant to Anthony Rizzo, the last game of catch uh, in between Cubs championships. Uh, so I oh, thought that would wow. be cool. And think about what they were probably doing before the game, warm-up, uh, infield, whatever. And then the last one was just um, the historic one at the 2001 World Series, uh, certainly with President Bush warming up before he threw his famous first pitch uh, in uh, that game. So those are four I've yeah, got right I, off the bat. And Derek Jeter, doesn't, doesn't Jeter talk to him in the, in the yeah. tunnel under the case say, don't bounce it? <laughs> yeah, don't mess it up. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, it's exactly the, the words you want. Yep. <laughs> right. All right. So last question. What is it about a game of catch that that resonates with you and that makes it such an appealing thing and that just makes it so appealing to, to everybody? That's such a hard question. Part of it is it's literally how I grew up. You know, like baseball fans everywhere. But, um, my dad was a veterinarian and he would make house calls. And so he's driving, he'd drive 150 miles, 200 miles in a day and stay in city limits going to do, to, to be vet. And and he would he would pull a car in at home, and I would literally greet him at the car with gloves and baseball in hand. And and now that I'm about the age that he was then, I, I know how exhausted you are at four o'clock, five o'clock, and you just need that time to breathe and decompress. He never said no; he always said yes. And so, for for a decade of my life, playing catch with dad was just how I grew up, and that's how I learned to communicate and how, how I learned to relate. And, and I think that's one of the biggest things that I learned through the year is just when, when you play catch with somebody, it uses your whole brain. You're using both sides to coordinate everything going on. And so your brain is so focused on, on the physical act of playing catch that the gatekeepers are down and you can ask these questions and get honest replies. And it allows for a, a deeper truer connection and, and honest relationship to develop. And it uh, certainly is something that, as you mentioned before, uh, therapeutic. Uh, it's yes. very much a feel-good uh, experience to do it. Certainly a feel-good experience to write this. One of 10 books uh, that you've written. Very impressive. A Year of Thank Playing you. Catch. Ethan Bryan, I read uh, by the time this podcast airs, I will have completed it. It is fantastic. You will feel better as a person after reading it. So many good inspirational stories in it. Thank you for joining us. Uh, best of luck in whatever your next venture is. 
Thank you. I'm playing ball. Thank you so much. I got a game tonight. I'm crazy excited already. SISbets.com is back for 2020. And if you didn't make use of it last year, you missed out on easy money. SISbets.com is an advanced prop betting information tool powered by Sports Info Solutions. With it, you can leverage the power of our proven projections models to find value against the odds. You're never more than a few clicks away from knowing whether your favorite wide receiver is likely to score a touchdown this week or whether a quarterback that you have your eye on is likely to go over or under his completions prop. Just choose the bet type, the player, and the money line to see the SIS Bets recommendation. SISbets.com is available for just $9.99 per month, so it easily pays for itself, and that price covers both football and baseball. That means you can also take advantage of our most popular bet type, home run projections, which our users rode to a very solid 12% ROI in 2019. Sign up at SISbets.com. We hope you enjoyed the conversation with Ethan Bryan. Certainly a very cool project that he embarked upon. One thing about baseball, it certainly inspires great creativity when it comes to things of this nature. This wraps up our episode. Thanks to Ethan Bryan and our producer, Justin Stein. Don't forget to rate and review us if you can. We can certainly use the good reviews. Stay safe and stay well. I'm Mark Simon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the SIS Baseball Podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, email the show at mark at sportsinfosolutions.com or tweet us at sportsinfo underscore SIS. 